Hello, listener. Thank you for being here with me on another episode of You Did It, the podcast. I am your host, Alicia Rotaru, and I am so pumped to bring you another exciting episode. I have a really wonderful guest on this week. She is a neuroscientist and recently released a book called The Nurture Revolution, Grow Your Baby's Brain and Transform Their Mental Health Through the Art of Nurtured Parenting. Now, if you're like me or not like me, but you're on social media, you might be bombarded with parenting stuff all the time. And sometimes it's really hard to cut through the crap. So that's why I'm here and one of the reasons I started this podcast. And as I'm doing that, things keep coming up over and over. You know, it could be the algorithm. It could just be like a sign from the gods. Either way, Dr. Greer Kirschenbaum's book always kept coming up on my feed. And so be it. I had to reach out. Now, as I'm reading her book, I'm also trying to put it into practice. So I haven't fully completed her book, but I do flip through it sometimes and like kind of go through it and see what I might need help with at the time. But I'm telling you, this is going to be a really fun and informative conversation for everyone who might be struggling, but also people who are doing it already and just need a little bit more like support and cheering on from the corners. So sit back, relax, have a drink if you need one, give yourself a hug if you need one, and welcome to another episode of You Did It! <laughs> Welcome, my name is Alicia. This is You Did It. <laughs> I'm so, first of all, blown away by your accomplishments and, of course, your book that I literally have right here yeah. and, like, can't stop reading and can't even really finish because <laughs> I keep going back to, like, reread and underline and then, like, apply and then review by like witnessing that's amazing <laughs> it's like, I'm so happy to hear I that I guess it's like it's like a work in progress but I did skip to the end a few times just to be like where's the goal like what's the end point goal for what you've tried to set out mm -hmm. in your book for all of us um I'm probably gonna get emo about it because like I'm already starting but I'm so blown away by the way that you wrote your intro like Oh, my God. I, yeah, I <laughs> have no words. I'm so moved. It was, it was like funny and awesome at the same time because you were just like, this is what I wanted to do and do yoga and like all this shit. And then all of a sudden life happened and my whole world got turned upside down with the, the birth and all these things. So, I mean, wow, I have so many questions for you um, and I don't want it to be like, it could be a four-hour podcast, which we're not going to do, but where do I start? I mean, where can we start? I'd love for you to just, I'll stop rambling. You can say hi to everybody. <laughs> Maybe give us a little baby intro about you and sure. um, who you are. Yeah, thank you so much. I I spent so long creating this book, creating the work that's inside. <laughs> and now that it's out in the world, it's just like the best gift to receive back to hear that it's yeah, this book impactful for right people here. and and really making a difference i get messages every single day from people saying it's freed them you know from all these like very controlling myths about babies yes. and parents that are out there and i have goosebumps um, yes yeah yes. it's freeing i think that's the end of it is like you know or the the biggest point people are like how's it going i'm like it's freeing people like and that was the goal right because we have to take it back right we have to take pregnancy back birth back these infant years back they've been taken away and they've been really distorted for a lot of us it's so disturbing and disgusting the way that when you said that in my brain it's like yeah they have been taken away and it's weird because i completely resonate with that and i like as a first time mom, like this is my first kid, but I've been around kids a lot. And I've I've seen it's funny. I talked to my husband where I'm like, if I ever become a mom, this is like 10 years ago. I'm like, I'm looking at parents that I don't like what they're doing to guide me to what I want to be doing, if that makes yeah, sense. And I've sure. seen a lot of those things that you talk about in your book where I'm like, oh, my God, like these myths, which is kind of like where I wanted to maybe start the conversation, like where <laughs> 
loaded question, but where do you think the etymology of a lot of these myths came from? Mm-hmm. I mean, you spoke about it in your book about the Industrial Revolution, but like, is that, do you think that that in your research and your studies with your doctorate and all your, you know, experiences, is that it? Like, or do you think it was prior? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think I just came back from speaking at a birth psychology conference. Great. (laughs) And it was an amazing experience. But yeah, a lot of people were sharing like where, what are the origins of birth being totally medicalized with no emotion or support or ceremony or reverence or anything. And the baby practices too, right? Because we were talking about all of it. And so, you know, I think a big part was really taking birth away from midwives. So it was really the medicalization of birth. And then I think a lot of it was the medicalization of baby care, right? Like that book Mm. by Emmett Holt that came out in the early 1900s, Mm -hmm. 1910 or something. A lot of people were tracing the history back to that. And that was my finding as well, right? At least in the past few hundred years in North America. I'm sure there was some things that happened before that, but, um, Mm -hmm. but that seems to be where a lot of the sort of the words um, Mm -hmm. that are in these myths, they echo back to that time, like spoiling too much affection, (laughs) holding too much, taking care of babies at night, all of this kind of stuff starts then. But it's, we, you know, it's, a lot of people do say and see, and it's true from what I see as well, is we try to separate mothers and babies and parents and babies, like why? almost starting in the womb. Like why? We- you know, sorry to cut you off, but that's something that we, you you reiterate that so much in your book. And it mm-hmm. like drives me crazy because like as I'm going to be I'm like so heated about this mm-hmm. already. But like as, a, you know, like we co-slept with our kid because it was like what we wanted to do that worked for us because I wanted to yeah. sleep. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to just like roll over and have her suck on my tit and go back to bed, but like be mm-hmm. awake, but not be annoying and yeah. get up. And you even talk about like having a little mini fridge by your room and like whatever works for your family. But like, why do you think this separation like need like needed to be a thing? Like, isn't it so counterintuitive and just kind of disturbing? Like, isn't it odd? Yes, it is. It It really is. It is so, you know, we're mammals, right? It is so unnatural for any mammal on earth to have any separation from their newborn and baby. Right. I wonder though. Yeah. Like those people that are like, I want to put my kid in a bassinet right away. And I'm not trying to shit on those people, but like inside their systems, like, (laughs) sorry if I'm cutting you off too much, but I'm just like, do you, do you find that in your practice or with people that you meet that they're kind of like, Oh, I have this confusion in my, in my system where like, I don't want to do it, but like I'm being, I need to do it. And like, this is the way to do it for me so I can sleep and go back to my job because I don't have mat leave because we don't offer that in the States or barely in Canada if you're under, if you're not under a good plan. Like, that's what kind of like kills my soul is like, I sometimes meet people and they're like, no, my kid had like slept in their own bed right away. And I'm like, and not to judge them, it it just happens to emote on my face, but I'm probably like, oh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) like, mm -hmm. how did you feel about that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think people are connected to how they feel about it. Interesting. Um, I think a lot of it comes from tons of fear because they're respond, they're trying to survive. Right. And so this fear has been put onto them. Like you can't, you can't handle it. You can't possibly function unless you do sleep training or keep your baby in the other room. You can't be a human. You're going to lose yourself completely. You can't work. You can't have relationships. It's just not for you, right? Like that's been, that's the messaging that's constantly coming from sleep training, people who are profiting a lot from sleep training. Um, And just this whole centuries old idea of spoiling babies and, you know, prioritizing mothers. But in the end, and I'm not going to talk for any individual either, because yes, yes. Uh, like you said, everyone chooses what they choose and they have all their influences. But looking at research <laughs> and on average, yeah. it's much more harmful for both the mental health of babies and parents to have that forced separation and independence really young. It doesn't do anyone any good. 
And I laugh because in your book, you specifically call out the institutions that like don't provide that literature to the layman. Like you talk about how it's not readily available unless you have something like yourself, a.k.a. a Ph.D., and you're in the mm-hmm. throes of research or in the lab. And I find that hilarious. Like, it's not. And it's true. Like, I can't log on to a medical journaling website anymore because I'm not in university doing a research study. Mm-hmm. And I don't have access to that. And when I go to the doctor, go to wherever, it's like, well, try this, do that. And I feel so passionate about my differentiation there where it's like I don't you know it comes across as maybe me being difficult or rebelling but I feel like I'm rebelling onto something that is more intuitively aligned probably from a source of energy mm-hmm. thousands of years old like I don't know completely, completely. If, and maybe I sound wacky but I'm curious because you bring up sleep training and this is such a hot fucking topic. Sleep mm-hmm. training. What is sleep training? Like, can you just educate the people around that might not really know or are dabbling sure, yeah. in it or trying it or want to do it? Like, what's that container? So sleep training, there's a lot of different methods. You know, the newer ones are called gentle, but they're all essentially oh. the same. Oh, you know, okay, gentle. Yeah. <laughs> what was it mechanism. called before? <laughs> I don't even know. I think it was extinction first, then Ferber. Uh, and <laughs> Throw now, your baby down like, and now run. Now it's gentle. Now it's gentle. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's funny. And, <laughs> yes. And so the idea is it's, you know, air quotes, teaching babies how to sleep, teaching them how to put themselves back to sleep when they wake up in the night, fall asleep alone. Essentially, the goal is babies in their own room for 12 hours overnight-ish. Cool. And for their whatever naps they have as well, right? Alone Do you think we can crib. teach them to wake up in the middle of the night and go make me a coffee for the morning <laughs> <laughs> while we're doing that? Because like, hey, and also drive me to work if you're at it, you little yeah. three-year-old amoeba. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, yes. I'm so mean, but whatever. To each yeah. their own people, to each their own. I'm just being mean. Yeah. I mean, but, I actually okay. did teach my son <laughs> to make me an espresso when he was, <laughs> I think when he was like, just as soon as he could stand by the counter, he would like tap the beans. Girl, no judgment. Nova's doing that too. <laughs> I'm, wor- I'm working on teaching her how to pour me a nice bottle of wine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they can do that. It's good motor skills. Corkage. Corkage. Yeah. So funny. Tangenting back. Yeah, people are encouraged and told they have to do this or their baby's brain won't develop. Their sleep won't develop. They're they're Mm. causing sleep problems if they don't do Mm. sleep training. And so the way all of it, all the different methods work, there is no gentle sleep training. It's just not, Mm. you know. It's not, not that none of it's gentle. Um, it essentially is teaching the baby that in that specific environment, usually that crib environment, um, once they're put in, they can cry and signal and ask for help, but no one will ever come. And so, yeah, the crying to sleep thing, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I try, like, I tried it to be honest. Yeah. And then it was like, wait five minutes. And then go in and check in, then wait five minutes and go in and check in. But I'm like, bitch, there is no waiting five minutes. I've got to go in and just like pick up my kid and like Mm -hmm. she can suck on the tit and pass out or like we just cradle her in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. But then you're almost like judged and shat on by people. I don't know. Did you feel guilty going to comfort? I never felt guilty going to comfort because I was like, oh, A, it's annoying hearing a kid cry like that when you literally could be there. And they're like amoebas. And for everyone listening, like if I'm just going to segue to your book again, but like um, we you get into like the actual brain chemistry and development of the babies like they don't have the regulatory system yet to check in and actually soothe themselves to sleep, you are their system. You are their GPS. So yeah. I, I never felt guilty, but I got like interesting comments from just like people around, like, you know, whoever was at the house or even my husband, too. Like, he's like, just let her cry, let her cry. And sometimes I will admit, I'm like, now she's older. She's 2.3 today. Nice. But like, I was just like, okay, let's see what she does now that she's a little bit more elevated and m- more of a mature brain. Yeah. 
But it's like, I still go in and he still goes in. Yeah. I never felt, but I never felt horrible because I'm like, it's my kid. I ejected you out of my body. Like, let's just like, let's yeah. just do it and I'll, you know, deal with the bags under my eyes or something. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people do, know. right? A lot of people are, who don't know that there's another way end up spending like years feeling bad about comforting and holding their, their babies. No, right? no. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Is so, that something that comes, is that like what comes to you in your practice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like working with, okay. Working yeah. with like that, what would you even call it? Guilt, sleep, mom training yeah. guilt? Like what? Yeah, you, I guess so. What's yeah. the, what's like, the label on shaming, that? Right. It's like, yeah. Shame, yeah. Shaming nurture, right. Shaming, shaming your, your intuition, intuitive parenting. Right. So Ew. some people will come to me relieved because they're like, okay, everyone in my life has said, by four months, I have to do sleep training. By six months, I have to do sleep training. Right. By this time. And they're like, I just could just, it made me sick. It made me yeah. feel awful. There's no way yeah. I could do it. So I actually entered deep postpartum depression and anxiety about no, the that. inevitability of doing it. Oh my God. And then they're like, okay, thank goodness I found you. I found other people who support taking care of babies at night. And now th- now all that's gone because now I know I never have to leave my baby alone and I never have to have to do it. So. So like talk to us about what you just said there, though. So people found other ways. So I'm, I'm thinking like outside the box of my own box. LOL. I'm in my voice box right now. But like <laughs> if if people don't have the resources within their own being to help with this nurturing, what are options? Like, I mean, there are night nurses. Yep. Like, is that something that in your practice you encourage? Because if you can't, like, let's get real. Some people legit don't get to work from home. I'm very blessed and lucky I get to do that still. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe people listening have the same boat. But if, I mean, sometimes you have to go shoot a movie or you have to be at your nine o'clock office job or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, is it still appropriate to have that nurturing sleep support with a baby given by a nurse? Like, is that obviously it's not you, the mom or the dad, but will that little being still recognize that? Yeah. If there's another entity of like hugs and love and cuddle coming in at night. Yes, absolutely. So, okay. um, Yeah, definitely. And there's, you know, I think that that's a great myth to, to talk about too, right? People are like, well, I work. So there's just no chance I could take care of my baby at night. So I will do right. sleep training. It's not true. I work with maybe like 40 families or more a month. Many, many work, many work outside the home. Many are summer yeah. shift workers, all kinds of different work. And there's a lot of creative ways to keep supporting a baby um, mm-hmm. regardless. And yeah, other hired people can help. Family members can help. Both parents, if there are two parents can help. There's yeah. a lot of different ways to do it. Yeah. And I mean, I guess segueing into that, too, like what what are some of the cases that you've been coming across where like they just don't have the help? Like, how can those people do it? Like, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of maybe a single parent that does have to work outside the home, like I'm, yeah. I'm complex, complex scenarios or with multiple children. Like, for sure. What's the support that can be given in those situations? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, you know even after I, what I said, what I said, like it can be yeah. done for everyone. It's still yeah. incredibly difficult for everyone because our society totally lacks support for all of us. Even a mom and dad who, you know, they're together, they have loving home. They have four grandparents that want to help. They have aunts and uncles that are around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still hard because we're all living in an incredibly productive society where everyone's really expected to be at work, working long hours. Right. And and we don't have like necessarily, even if we have grandparents in our life, like they probably have jobs too. And, or might not know how to really do that because maybe they're stuck in that stigma of that myth. Sometimes. Yeah, for sure. For (laughs) sure. And so I think a lot of it is again, more cycle breaking, reintroducing community support into people's lives Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so yes in a single parent ha- home like I yeah. definitely work with single parents quite a bit they have to learn how to ask and receive help 
Yeah. It's really hard to ask for help. So I do that a lot in, in workshops that I do in person. You say like, everyone put up your hand. If your friend yeah. said, Hey, I really need help. Like, yeah. would you come over every single Friday evening at this and time and help? And yeah. if my friend, any of my friends said that to me, I would be like, yes, a hundred percent. I'll do it two nights. Like how much do you need me? What can I bring? I'm there. Yeah. And then you put up your hand, you say, put up your hand if you would ask for help and not a single hand goes up, maybe one or two. We don't ask people for help huh? and we're uncomfortable receiving it. So even yeah. if someone does come over to help and you're like, oh no, don't worry, don't do anything. Like I'll get you a coffee. I'll, I'm going to clean up my whole house for you. Not in, in my house. You're ready to come over. I'll That's be like, good. You've learned girl- Let's go over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here's a list. Yes. Although we don't have anyone down here. My mom's down here right now, ironically. And at the same time, like, bless her soul, she's helping. But I'm also like, oh, my God, mom, <laughs> like, put the clean dishes over here. OK, put the dirty ones over. Like, I'm just yes, like, yes. I'm yeah. like a you freak. Like, of it, right. <laughs> You're yeah, like, I okay, guess you're helping. Do it your way, right? It's- I'm trying, but it, that's the hard part. Is like the surrender of all that other stuff. You're right. I guess it's like it's something really disturbing, and I feel like you're right. That sense of community is somewhat dissipated too. I mean, we are totally dis- person on our stories. We're just displaced from everyone where we live now. We have no friends or family support. I mean, at the same time, I've had a cute neighbor who's like, "I can come over," but I'm like, I don't really know if I want you to come over because you're like just the neighbor but like you're lovely no offense um but yeah it's and and then I guess seeking out external help sometimes has like a monetary value attached and maybe some people can't afford that and I feel like that's you know a cycle that is kind of shitty sometimes and if you don't have your tribe where do you go and I guess that's kind of the pit of darkness that I'm that always keeps lingering in my head. I'm like, how do those people really do it? You know, like there's yeah. people that don't have all those resources, but they do it and it's, they find a way, I suppose. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, man, I, I'm sorry. I'm like literally looking at your book with all my notes here as you're chatting and telling me all these things. And I just, like I said, I have so many questions. I mean, the myths that you're breaking are so epic. Like, I love guys in her book. So she does this thing where you have to buy the book, you guys. It's called The Nurture Revolution. I got mine on Amazon. You can get it at a bookstore. But I mean, one of the things that I loved when you talked about is like, let's unlearn myth 18 and replace it with when we respond to crying and clinging, babies cry less and we build the infant brain to be more independent. Yeah. And like you talk about parents just being more responsive. You talk about the baby's stress response. Like I am such a science geek in that sense that I love how you break it down. But you talk about like oxytocin. You talk about all these things that don't I don't think really get talked about. I say to the layman a lot. It's more just like, why do we want a baby wear? Why do we want to do this with our kid? Like where, like, where is that scientific, like what happens in your body? Um, and I guess, God, I'm just tangenting and spiraling because I'm blown away and it's, oh my God, like you guys, you'll see this, like, look at this. This is like, she talks about the brain. <laughs> I just can't. But this is a page two that I found Interesting. So you talk about the infant brain development and we're at newborn, one month, six months, three years. My kid's almost at three years. And you talk about the cells from birth and like all the neurons and like how they're just developing and all. It's so good to see. And I have to ask, like, let's just talk about my kid's age, 2.3 years old where is she at right now? Like for everyone Mm -hmm. listening out there that might be at the same age as toddler. Oh, by the way, like the terrible two. I hate that phrase. I hate when people call them the terrible twos. I've always hated it. I never even had kids when I started hating it. I I was so adverse to that term. And then I just started saying, I started rephrasing it. I'm like, no, she's just like system upgrading. Like, 
She's like 2.0. Like this is the new download. So this is the new version. And every time she sleeps, she's like getting a new download, like software upgrade. Because I just hate, I hate that like negative. And it's it's cute, like terrible tears, but like it's not. No, and it got annoying. It got annoying, right? Yeah, (laughs) there's so much name calling for babies. Yeah. And they are fully aware of it. Fully, yes. Fully aware of thank it. you. It's like when you talk, they're not stupid. Like my kid is fully listening to everything we're saying and then like yeah. charges in and like, like Ryan and I will be talking about coffee. For example, mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding you. She will run to the kitchen, bring us one of our mugs and be like, mama drink. Yeah. Like she just yeah. overheard it. it so brilliant. I think it's so yeah. funny. It's like that whole thing of like what you say is like a little spell, you know, like this positive affirmation, like what you think you kind of manifest into your being. But I, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to also bring up is like this idea of labels and this terrible too. So she's in her two-year-old phase. We just transitioned her out of her crib in terms of like she wanted. So we had to put her in a different room at the beginning of the year in January because she wasn't sleeping as good with us in our own bedroom anymore. She was like, I need my own space. Cool, cool. Yeah, a lot of people would say that. Yeah, we would go in and then she got kind of cutie and clingy and was like, I need to like read eight books before bed and like be on your chest and pass out. Cool. Cool. I couldn't do it anymore. Cause all she wanted to do was like be on my boob, mm-hmm. but then like wouldn't pass out. It was just more like, let's play with your face. <laughs> and like, it was like four hours later and I'm like, girl, it's midnight. Like, yeah, yeah. this is not a <laughs> rave. And then my husband started doing it. Great. She would fall asleep. Then the guardrail had to come down because mm-hmm. she got so tall So I thought she was going to flip out of her crib, which she almost did. So I put those little like baby toddler conversion things on. Great. But now she's like, (laughs) I have freedom. (laughs) And like, I'm going to come into your room at three in the morning. But then I'm going to like go back to bed. And it's cute. And I don't mind it. Like, we're cool. But I'm just curious, like, what's happening up there? What could be going on? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, tell so me much, so much I love your, your I love your phrasing of they're getting a download because yeah two I just saw some people today with two-year-olds okay um, two is so challenging like I would say one of the most needy times oh um, okay for a lot of babies okay, okay. Um, at at like the you know sometimes they're in 22 months like leading up to the second birthday yeah um and sometimes a little bit past yeah they can you know if they're still nursing yeah nurse like around the clock yeah you know, they're getting their molars in as well oh um, got it okay yeah yeah, yeah but like yeah. really wanting to be touching you all the time cuddling yes. all the time yes like you know what that that was the hardest age for me with my son as well okay okay and everything was hard it was so hard for him to get to sleep for a nap he'd wake up in the middle of the night and be like I want to go outside yeah and like scream to go outside like literally climbing the walls it was like this yeah it was out of control and I was calling in the priest for an exorcism exactly you're like Like, we were like yeah oh my god we took a flight from LA (laughs) to Canada and he was climbing, like really trying to climb the walls. And my husband and I were like, oh my God. Um, we so, need to meet him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah completely. So it is so hard. I was so lucky at that time I had, I was living in the house with me and my husband and my mom. Oh, nice. And nice. I would not have survived without an extra adult. Okay. I would not. I would not. It was so full on. Like even just the naps and the overnight sleep. Um, and my husband would help it when he would wake up for those like parties in the middle of the night as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just really full on, right? And it's a phase, right? It does pass. Totally. Um, two and a half is an age where a lot of baby sleep completely settles down. So it's cool. Yeah. Okay. It's something to look forward to. Um, but yeah, it's something that can help with like the four hour long bedtimes and this all the insanity is yeah. is having like a lot of predictability at that time for, for bedtime and for everything. They 
right? You're talking about how cute your daughter's listening to everything. She knows everything that's yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, and they want to have some input in their lives, right? So <laughs> having yeah. like these kind of like routines for them can be really helpful. So like cute. I would have bedtime routine for me for us, and it's different for everybody. Right. Um was like, yeah, brush your teeth, wash up, right. pajamas. Right bed we had like exactly three books cute the books and kill us the books yes, kill our souls yes. I almost have to like I almost have to bare bone down her bookshelf now because mama didn't raise no dummy my yes. kid will get out of the bed go and pull the fattest book off yes want to read it all yes. and then put it back and then go pull out an like we have too many books I think maybe yeah, yeah. that's the problem <laughs> with the three books though because if they pull out a chapter book or something yeah then you're in trouble um <laughs> i'll pull it i'll put your book on her shelf yes. like that eight yeah. hours later yeah be aware of your emotions and emotional needs nova yeah yes exactly oh, i love the name nova i love it oh thank you uh so yeah so that really Funny. helps for toddlers that really does help okay toddlers, but know that that time is so chaotic for so okay, many babies great. and it does calm down and and, uh and pass because like you said she's upgrading right it's all yeah and you'll see right with her language her hundred percent understanding everything is in two days i was like your syntax has really developed yes cool also cut down on the swearing mom (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh my god i gotta stop (laughs) this episode is brought to you by dreamland baby co I'm a big fan of their products. Nova has been using this sleep sack in her infant stages of life and is now sleeping soundly with the weighted blanket. Head over to their website at dreamlandbabyco.com and enter my code YOUDIDIT to receive 15% off at checkout site-wide. And now back to the show. That's so fascinating. Okay, so it's like we're all in this together, as cheesy Mm -hmm. as we all know that quote Mm -hmm. is. But that's like, so the toddler time is a crazy sleep time. Like, do you encourage, like, if is that a time where, you know, parents might get, quote, you know, quote, unquote, fed up and want to be like, oh, my God, just go back to your room? Or like, what's what's something there that we can do that's more nurturing, you think, as opposed because it is stressful, right? Like, you just want to sit down and have that glass of wine and veg out on Netflix. For sure. One night. Oh, yeah. yeah. But like, what's a, you know, like, is it a like for us, I can speak to us only, but like we go in there, give her a little hug. She kind of crawls back in and we're good. She's like kind of with the program now a little bit. Yeah. But is that, you know, is that still nurturing enough? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, do you you get people like being like, am I being nurturing enough? Like, that's kind of a weird thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Like. You can see, right, that she's asking, you're supporting what she's asking for and needing. Right. And then she's calmly going back to sleep, right? Like, that's pretty smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, easy way. I that. Um, That's, okay, cool, check. I'll pass it on to Ryan. That's good. And I guess, like, one of the things I I really need to, like, I have to talk about and ask you about, um, going back to your book here one second, is like these cues. You talk about all these awesome cues in the book, mm-hmm. um, which, God, it is sometimes so hard to respond to those cues when you're yeah. traveling, if you're out at dinner, like, you know, you're just mm-hmm. out with them and they're like 5 p.m. and they're like, I'm doing the tired cue, but you're like, mm-hmm. girl girl, we're out of dinner. Like, you gotta stay awake, you know? Like, it, like, it's so fascinating because it's hard to have a life. Yeah. Like, I want to yeah. bring them out and, like, I want to bring her to a restaurant and, like, listen to shit and, like... But then yeah. I'm like, oh, great. Now she's going to get overtired. Like, you talk about the overtired cues with, like, the back arching sure. and the screaming. And I'm like, we're here. This is where yeah. we're at now. You know, I think it's really a balance. I like to encourage families to be really flexible, to be out in the world yeah. as much as possible. And really just do your best with them, right? And you're going to have <laughs> days that are busier than others. Yeah. If you're doing the same thing every day and your baby is overtired every day then you're probably going to have issues with sleep, right? You'll probably have lots of night wakings. You probably have, yeah. you know, issues, right? But like, if you're pretty balanced and you've got 
some days that are a lot of action, some days that are more baby led, you know, um, I don't want anybody stuck at home watching their baby for (laughs) for that, that not to be their whole life. Right. Like at all, like, and babies can sleep in carriers. They can sleep on your lap. They can sleep in someone's guest room when you're at dinner at someone's house. Like, yeah. Don't be trapped at home with your baby. That is not that is not my message at all. Do you do you find that some people, I mean, get to those states where they're just like, I can't do it. like they just get cabin fevered in oh, because yeah. they feel oh, yeah. it. And like I think I sleep would, training does that more than oh, the more gentle parenting. Ooh, from explain, what I see. Explain that. Explain sleep, that. Well, sleep training really is very, very rigid. They say like babies should never sleep in the car, never sleep in a stroller, never sleep in a carrier, only in their crib with the exact temperature, the exact lighting, the exact sound machine, right? Like to you replicate the environment every time because that's the environment that's associated with nobody's coming. Like those, oh, okay. And so, so it this, creates oh. an obsession about sleep. And those parents are, they're leaving baby class early. They're not going to baby class. They're not going for lunch with their friends. Oh, because it's like almost seven. So they have to go. God, that makes sense. I didn't even think about it that way. I, because, oh yeah, ew. No, no, that's not for us. <laughs> like, that was not our house. Yeah. We were like, we're going to a restaurant, um... It's 8 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. We don't have a babysitter, but yes. we also don't want to have a babysitter. Like I wanted her to like eat that hummus at this restaurant. Yeah. Okay. That's oh, that's, that's so great. weird. I that. Yeah. I never I never actually even thought of the flip side, but I guess you're right. That becomes quite militant. I would have my baby out at restaurants and parties. Yeah. New Year's parties, like yeah. everywhere. And yeah. while he was the age where he could sleep in a carrier, I would, yeah. he was tired. I walked around the block, he fell asleep. Cute. And then I had my life. I enjoyed my dinner, my party, you know, wherever yeah. I was. I would find the guest room, put him to yeah. sleep there. Like just, yeah. So how do people come to you? Like when, like what is, the, like, I know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find here in your, in your book, you talk about you, how do I'm going to butcher this, but you need to say it for me. You were the first neuroscientist doula. Mm-hmm. You became a doula. Like, is your life slammed and crazy? Are you still doulaing? No, <laughs> like, I actually you, oh my stopped. God. I was doing a lot of births and a bit of postpartum doula work right. until I got pregnant. So that was okay. now five and a half years ago, six years okay. ago. I okay. stopped seeing people that way. But now I do all support. So I do sort of sessions with people where I support them in their pregnancies to have like to nurture themselves and their baby in pregnancy to help them with birth support. So what kind of nurturing practices do you want to make sure that you're going to do at birth? And uh, and then newborn stuff, right? There's people come to me with like my new my baby won't stop crying. I right, you know, I had a difficult birth and. I feel like I need help, right? There's so many people right, right, right. in those situations. Um, and then a lot of the work, many, many, many of the sessions I do are around sleep. Interesting. So I'll see people with little ones who are like, I want to know everything about sleep so that I make sure yeah. I'm doing it all the best way. Then I'll see people at like the six month, kind of like at six months, 12 months, 18 months, two years old, two and a half sometimes. This seems to be like different major issues that happen at those times. Yes, yes, yes. Where parents need support. Yeah. And do you feel like, are you, I totally maybe miss this or have a different idea in my brain, but are you then also doing like therapy, like counseling set? Like, are with these, you know what I'm trying to say here? Like, are you someone that I can call up and be like, yo, I need a Zoom therapy session with you because I'm now going fucking crazy. Totally, I'm yeah. now unnurtured because that's the, yeah. the latter part of your book. I think I haven't fully gotten there yet. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I'm yeah. like, I hope I'm not butchering this. But the latter part of your book, I feel really focuses on you, the parent, like, te- like giving us the support of like, taking care of yourself first, kind of like, you know, Completely. the oxygen mask on an airplane, which I'll be honest, I, I forgot, I forget to do a lot. And Completely. I really need to honor that more because now that my kid is seeing it, 
she's seeing me do it. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, yeah. And I want to be a, so important. It's thank so you. Important. Yeah. These yeah. This, this jargon, these words, I'm like, I'm going to say these modeling. Thank no, you. You're like, saying it beautifully. Yeah. I, I do do a lot with that. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not a therapist. I am okay. a life coach, right? I've taken okay. coaching coursing, uh, Amazing. courses and the work of a doula does a lot of help for the parent as well. So yeah, they do. Yes. So a lot of times I will work with a family. They'll come to me with stuff going on with their baby. And then we'll, yeah. I always will say the last part is taking care of you. And then often I'll work with parents to have one-on-one sessions to help them, right? It's to help yeah. coach them, right? So it's, you can read all the tips in my book and that's amazing. Yeah. Which I'm trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> right it's a now. lot. It's a lot. <laughs> but having a coach, like having yeah. someone coach you through it and help you, even just the most simple thing of like drinking enough water every day. It's like, oh how God. you know, getting some yeah. sunlight on your eyes in the morning. Yes. I love that, that you mentioned that. Yeah. Really basic things. A coach and I've been coached myself, which okay, is very great. helpful because I can't yeah. coach myself. They really help, right? They really help just help you integrate some habits and yeah, and do it. But because that's it. Me as a young mom, like three, five years ago, like those first three years, totally burnt out from head to toe, was doing absolutely nothing to take care of myself except eating a lot of dark chocolate. And um, that that helped. And coffee. Get that cacao. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, if I could go back and take care of that and nurture that mom that I was then, like it would be all of this stuff because it was so important. I had, I was started working a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd have a, a babysitter come over. Yeah. But I would go straight to my computer. Like I would. That's what I do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Babysitter comes over. I'm like on my computer Bye. until the yeah. second she leaves. Yeah. And if I'd go back, I would be like every single time the babysitter comes over 20 minutes of care for yourself. You have to start yeah. that with 20 minutes of care for yourself. Right. And so, um, I want to give that back to parents. I'm actually releasing That's a amazing. new course today. Oh, today. Will, yeah. Today. Yeah, okay. It's really good timing. Guys, we're, we're recording this. Um, <laughs> we're recording this on October 27th, by the way, everybody. So we'll hear this later, but yes. I will blast that out today for you. I'm going to, I'm going to do a post for you today. Amazing. Okay, great. Thank you. It's going to be November 24th okay. uh, online. And it's going to go through that, this, that whole chapter of my book and, and helping great. people integrate that and th- stuff. That's the yeah. chapter nine, right? nurturing your parent brain, which is like really kind of what I want to talk about a little bit, because you got to tell me, girl, what's with mom brain? Why does mom brain happen? Mm -hmm. Is it real? Is it a placebo? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm a little bit more devoid of memory space. These (laughs) definitely. And I don't really give a shit. I'm like, oh, sorry, not important. Like, don't need in my circuit. Is mom brain a real thing? Yeah. Like, you know, 100% it is 100%. Okay. I think it's to do with a lot of things. So the biggest thing is that our brains completely transform as we become mothers. Oh, completely. Like actually, actually. Yeah. Like I haven't gone to that chapter in your book, so don't judge me. You will be very happy to read it. So (laughs) many parts of our brain change. And the most amazing thing about it is the parts of our brain that change as mothers are the ones that develop in infancy too. So as our baby's growing, all of their emotional brain parts that support their lifelong mental health, when we become mothers, those same brain parts become rearranged and plastic again to make us, it gives us access to rearrange our own mental health, which is really amazing. And a lot of people say that like motherhood was healing for me. It was the most healing thing I've ever done. It completely made me look at my stuff and deal with my stuff and show up in a, in a different way. Okay. Um, So it's a chance to remodel, but it's also a chance to like build a lot of emotional skills. So our, our empathy center gets rearranged. Our fear center gets rearranged. Our (laughs) memory, right? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. We're too tired for that. Well, the memory thing is what kills my soul. Yeah. That's the thing that I noticed. The memory thing's hard. Yes. So the memory thing's hard. Okay. So it's, it, it definitely, a lot of people experience it. The studies haven't been as great at finding it. Like some do, okay. some don't. 
but certainly it's an anecdote. Like it's, we all feel it, right? You can't find words. You don't remember why you're yeah. got into a room. It's tough, yeah. right? But it gets better as your baby leaves infancy from my own experience and from what I see. Although our mother brains are, and father brains, everyone who becomes a parent, their brain has changed forever after they become a parent. Not to be geeky, but like, is there anything you can express scientifically as to what that might be all about? Like, is it just... Is obviously hormones are involved. Yeah. But hormone, yeah. like, but what about the memory? Like, what's with the memory shit? Like, why can't I remember where I put my keys? Yes. So I think a lot of and it. And then blank. Like, I just go yes, into a void. Yes. I don't, I, you can't hear. Right? I remember I used to, my husband used to talk to me and I was like, I don't, I know you were just speaking, but I have, yeah. I don't know what you said. Like, that, you have to remind me. Yeah. Literally, Ryan thinks I'm just being like, like, uh, like a psycho like yeah. he's like I'm literally right here talking to you and I'm like what yeah and like I'm an actor for Christ's sake I need to be it's able normal. to like listen and like react but I'm just like what? Yeah. yeah it's so normal it's so normal so that <sighs> from experience that changes that changes and so much of it is that the hormones okay. through becoming a parent make us focus on our baby. We're there, like we're supposed to be taking care of protecting a baby. So in those moments, you're probably attuned to your baby. You're probably thinking like, do we have enough diapers? Do we have enough? Like, what's the schedule for tomorrow? Like what's going on? Right. Like I guess so oriented to it that the other stuff is less of a priority for your brain and kind of. Okay. So I, that's my excuse out. Thank you so much. I just needed the affirmation from a doctor. Mm-hmm. No, one, of my, one of my favorite clients was like, once she learned it, she told her husband, she's like, I'm not going crazy. My brain is under construction. Like, you just have to know. Yeah. That. Like, under, I'm doing I'm a system upgrade. Yeah. You are. Okay. You really okay. are. And it's such a metamorphosis. Like, we kind of dissolve into a different in-between liminal kind of form. Yeah when, our, yeah. when we have a baby and then as they, and now this is sort of like newer info for me because my son's five is like, right. After around five, the yeah. baby of them is almost completely gone and you get a lot of that other stuff back. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That sounds yeah. so sad. That happens. Like five. Yeah. It's also like fine. It's also free. Yeah. It's also yeah. freeing, right? It is sad. It is. Sad. Take lots of pictures and enjoy the moments that you have, oh God, right? I do. iPhones are killing our souls, but like it's kind of nice to have a catalog of every second. Completely. <laughs> it's Completely. So it is. So, I mean, going like, so mom brain cool, like it's real. Guys, don't feel bad. Just like, you know, surrender to it. Mm-hmm. Tell your bosses. Um, and then like uh, you, you talk, I, this is the thing I skipped to where you talk about like, um, stress being stressed and trying to put your baby to sleep. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious because, like, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, I want to just go have a glass of wine and read a book, just Completely. go to bed. But you're like, let me hold you. But like, you're thinking about that in your brain, and your kid's like, "Bitch, yes. I'm letting you go to sleep. I can feel you want to leave me." <laughs> yeah, so like, <laughs> do those it's, deep breaths. Like, so forget like, it. <laughs> Yeah, let it go. It's just so conflicting because you have to be Zen like Buddha vibes for your baby to go into that state. But when you really aren't and you're amped, they can pick up on it. So, like, do you work with people a lot to just I mean, that must be a hard thing to do for them to drop into like stress free, babe, like stress free zone in 2.2 seconds. Like, is it something that we can do better as parents like that do you have any hacks for that like I know like you can't really meditate before going in it's like you can't bring your singing bowl in like how do we drop in you know you can pair some of that stuff with putting the child to sleep right so that's true that's true you know I I like to I mean the way I coped with toddler bedtime like I said before was having a very strict bedtime routine that the boundaries couldn't be crossed for you too, right? Like that was for your own mental yeah. health. Yeah, for both yeah. of us. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Because they will, right? And and the other part is if we understand infant sleep and and our child and their cues, falling asleep should take about 15 to 20 minutes is the average, right? And so when parents are okay. like, I don't have time <laughs> to put my yeah, child yeah. to sleep. Uh, it takes an hour. I don't have time. I'm like, you probably need to change some things. 
because yeah. you don't need okay. to be lying. You don't need to be lying with a child for an hour for them to fall asleep. Like push their bedtime okay. later, change some other things. Um, you know, the ideal is about 15 or 20 minutes. So it's really like, Cute. I get it. Like it is an ordeal to put a child to sleep for yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love yeah. it when parents can share it too. That's really important. So then maybe one can be having a glass of wine and starting <laughs> Netflix earlier than the yeah, other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and alternating as if, if that's possible, depending on the child and their age, but yeah, really adding, I love adding breathing and meditation to the bedtime. So, you know, read the books, do the thing Cute. and then lie down, do your breathing practice, right? Cute. Do your meditation, do your breathing, go inward and do the breathing loud. Cause that's contagious to your child. Right. right, um, right. I bet all of us would want to do stress reduction in our lives. And I will like be teaching that in my class and excellent. Really trying to help everyone do that. Cause we need it. We're yeah. super overworked as parents. So I would always encourage that for sure. And put that into the bedtime and to relax. Right. And so that can help a lot. Yeah. It sounds you, this is going to sound weird. You sound a little bit like when we went to train our dog, we have a German mm-hmm. shepherd nice. and our coach was like, yeah, you're the one who needs to be trained, like right. not the dog. Yes. Because yes, like yes. your training then, like your hand is what the dog understands. So I'm like, oh, shit, you're right. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like we're the people that need the training, but we don't re- I don't think we really get that. Because like, when do we really learn that? We kind of learn it when we're in the throes of it. And then we're like, if you, I feel like if you have self-awareness, you're like, oh shit, like I need this help. And if you're totally disconnected and no offense, people, if you are, it's so cool. You might tap in later. But like you then I think get hit with that flood of like self-doubt and like even more stress. So I feel like it sounds to me like what you're saying is that there just needs to be a nurturing and awakening for the parent more so. Such a good point. I love how you said it. Not to sound creepy, but like we have to kind of tap in to us because you do talk about it throughout your uh, throughout what I've been reading I'm halfway through you just keep talking about how we need to be regulated we need to be stress-free we 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 the parent but how like that's the part for me where I'm like when do they do that yeah when do parents get to do that when do we have the resources how do you know that you're not or if you are or whatever mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it does sound so displaced from what society wants us to do which is just keep fucking going. And like, it's, it's so once again, like you said in your book, industrial revolution now with our societal like pressures, God, it's so challenging. Um, I mean, what came up for me when you said that was so important is that I think the way that people are set up right now is not to be working on themselves, not to understand that they need just the most basic lesson in breathing to be able to just enter a calm state at times, right? It doesn't mean we're saying like, you have to always be well taken care of and always because that's really hard for parents in our modern society, right? Really hard. But just to be able to have access to it in those moments where we really need it is is vital for every parent. But it's within you. And it is you have the toolbox. It's your body. You just need to learn how to use it. And I feel like that's something that is not really happening. No, I think parents are are told you need to enter a power struggle with your child about their behavior and you need to be in control of your child and they need to sleep when you want them to sleep and they need to behave when you want them to behave. And then people are set up to think that's what's going to happen. But then not that that works. It becomes horrible for everyone. And then maybe then they'll discover, oh, I need to check myself. This other part, right? So you just made me want to ask this, a kid having a tantrum. How do you (laughs) nurturingly parent that shit? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what's what's like a tidbit of guidance there? Like, Yeah. So much comes up for us when our kids have tantrums, right? Our kids, you know, for us are... It's so hard for so many of us to see another person in distress, having a difficult emotion, having comes up for me every single time my son is stressed. Happened this morning. Yeah, yeah. Every time. It's hard because my experience, you know, with, you know, in my caregiving environment was 
quiet. We don't want to see it. Stop. Right. I had some support, uh, but that was the uh-huh, general, uh-huh. that was the general thing. And I think a lot of us did grow up with something similar. Right. Yeah. Like, or like a little slap or a little you're embarrassing or a yeah, little or like, like or even arm even shake. Yeah. But even if it's nice, even if it's the nicest, probably for the kids of the 80s and 90s, it was here's a hug. Now stop. Right. That might have oh. been like the nicest way. Right. Like, OK, uh-huh. you're sad. I got it. OK, enough. Enough now. We heard it. It's enough, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll hear these things come up in our own parenting because we're the way, you know, True. we parented, it comes up. And the way we parent our kids, it will come up for them, right? That's right. how we break the cycle. So tantrums are hard because it's probably the first time many of us are sitting with another in a difficult emotion and truly supporting it. Holding, holding space. space. Yeah, yeah. But what's holding space? Yeah. <laughs> you know and, what I mean? Like yeah. someone's going to listen to be like, what the fuck is holding space? Totally. And like, it's it's what? really being being there for someone and saying, I see you're having this feeling and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So you're safe. Express it. I'm here. And so, right, our toddlers have tantrums about like, I want 10 cookies. I want more shows. I want to stay up late. I want, yeah. you know, and I, I say this to myself yeah. all the time. I'm like, I get it. You hear the word no all the time because you're asking for, you know, as much as, you know, you're, you're trying to see what you can get, yeah. right? You're trying to figure out the world. Yeah. You want to yeah. know how much of this can yeah. I have and how much of that, and you know? Yeah. And so I try to say yes a lot too, because hearing no all the time sucks. Is annoying. But they're yeah, pushing. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. always pushing. Um, the other thing yeah. that's interesting I learned pretty recently, like just in my own experience is, yeah, I think that there there's these times of extra tantrums and extra emotion. Two is one, four is one. Another time that it happens, okay. and I think it's almost like this really interesting developmental challenge that the that kids will do. They'll be like, "Okay, I have new abilities. I'm smarter. I'm Ooh. more able. Yeah. And now I'm going to push on all the boundaries and be like, have they moved? Like." Do I have more ah, control over this right. now? Can I have a say in this? Right. And so right, right, right. they'll start That's pushing how the boundaries. Right, exactly. Right. They'll start pushing them. And then you can maybe you will say yes to some new things. Maybe it's like, oh yeah, you you've been practicing with scissors a lot. And you, now I was you're just uncomfortable say, using with scissors. You. Yeah. Right. And now yes, Great job. you can do yeah, that yeah. on your own. Cool. Yeah. That, right. But maybe yeah. still having 10 cookies is uh that's not safe for your body, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they have these tantrums when they confront these kinds of things, right? Interesting. And so let's say they they get hysterical, they're crying, they're screaming, all the yes. things they do. And they will do this multiple times a day when you're tired, like when you're just like, I don't want to yeah. do this again. Um, yes. And so it's a yes. challenge for us always, um, for me. Anyway, some people are more patient. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dr. Greer is like, let me just get my crystal singing bowls out. Stand by. Child. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I have some <laughs> I have some days where I'm like the coolest and probably when I'm taking good care of myself that I could be cooler. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it is holding space. So the first part of the tantrum is usually very angry, aggressive, like I want to hit you and kick you and get you away. Yes. Yes. I'm angry. Pluck your eyelashes out. Yep. I don't, my kid goes for that. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Whatever they know, that's going to bother you. Right. Um, and so you, you're there for it. You're like, I get it. You want this thing. And I'm saying, no, that sucks. Like, I, I see you're angry and I'm here for it. Like, I am just, I'm here with you. Yeah. It's still not happening because I'm in charge of your safety and health. Yeah. It's a no, but you are free to be angry right now, right? And they'll just go through it. So it's that fine balance. It's like what you just set the boundary and put them in this little container that you're observing and like overseeing, but you're still not maybe giving into like the 10 cookies or whatever, but you're still explaining to them. I think that's one thing that I was really grateful to have with our doula. She explained to us, talk to your kid, like tell them everything you're doing because they'll figure it out. And I feel like maybe that gets overlooked. Like maybe they don't, people maybe sometimes Mm -hmm. don't explain enough and their kids just like, but I I hear you. So I get, that's yes, really fascinating. Completely. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like you want to cave, but you can't cave. So you have to set firm. Yes. So many of us are people pleasers. Yeah. Included. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're not comfortable with that. 
And I also yeah. help parents because it helped me too, is to just have mantras in those times too. I'd be like, this will end. I can get through this. My child can get through this. And I'm going right. to be breathing and right. trying to be as centered as I can, knowing like this is a wave. If this will, you know, it's going to go yeah. down. It's up right now. It's going to go down. We will survive. And when we can do that, our kids do move it, move through it. And then they're fine. And then they forget that they ever asked for the thing. Right. And it feels like they're like, oh, yeah, you know, my son is now he's like, I must, I must have this thing. And I'm like, I understand yeah. this is important to you. I hear that. It's also not possible. And so yeah. I get that you're pissed. Like, I get it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can't fly on an airplane. Yeah. Right and now. it feels so <laughs> important in that moment. And then you just want to say, yes, yes, of course. You know, and and talking to them, like you said, so important. And I say that to him all the time. I'm like, you know, I understand these things are important to you, but I'm always in charge of your health yeah, and yeah, safety. Yeah. And I can't allow things to happen that are going to harm you. Right. Yeah. No, that's so interesting, because especially when they're really little, like she is only you know, 2.3. She doesn't really understand like those big things yet. Like you could fall off this ledge and die. Right. I'm, and we don't, I'm like, maybe I go morbid a little bit, but now she kind of figures it out. Like, she's like, okay, cool. Like this is safe. Like if there's a car coming, hold mm -hmm. my hand. It's kind of, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of stuff like, oh my God, there's so much to dissolve and unmyth as you, you know, break the myth mm -hmm. here and we could keep going. But like, holy crap, holy. It's amazing to hear you speak about it. And I, what I love too is that you're in it. Like you're also in yeah, it, yeah. you know, you're not like 75 and out of it and you're like a great grandma. You're like there with us on the, on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll have like your eighth or 20th book out by then. How to grandparent. Yes. Um, wow. This has been so beautiful. And I, yeah, I just can't wait to finish the book. Awesome. <laughs> I'll probably email you or like hit you up with some questions. Um, it's just really nice to see something like this because it definitely, when I saw it and like creeped you hard and I, I just totally aligned with what I was seeing. And it's just so cool. Like, thank you for helping affirm a lot of us that might be trying to cultivate our kids yeah. this way. Um, and, you know, not shitting on the people that do it differently, but like, you know, there are different methods and I'm so, so happy I found Amazing. And Me you. too. And I'm so happy it resonates with you. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's exciting. Oh, it's man. exciting. Ooh. I think the work is Ooh. reaching so many families, like so wonderful to have this on your podcasts for everyone who listens um to just have exposure to it i feel like it's the way to heal the world and humanity yeah and just infancy the way it is right now is not serving anybody and um when we nurture babies their brains turn out so differently than when they have low nurture it is oh, a man. wild difference it's yeah. not just a little difference and i know that will impact the world our babies will change it. And will help do that. You guys, please find her book where you can. The Nurture Revolution, Dr. Greer Kirschenbaum. Um, how can people find you? What's the best outlet? Is it Instagram? Yeah, Instagram's a great way. And my website is linked there. All my offerings are linked through Instagram. And until Instagram decides to kick me off, which seems to be happening to some no, people. No, don't put uh, No, do not I put know. that out there. Do I not know. put that I out know. there. No, 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 Instagram. Um, you guys, her Instagram is at nurture underscore neuroscience underscore parenting. Um, give her a follow, creep through all her posts, get the book. Um, I'm yeah, I, I have goosebumps. I can't stop. Like it's uh, this is great. Thank you so much for sharing your Friday with me and being here from your busy schedule. I mean, you did it. You did a lot of stuff. <laughs> I was like, I was going to ask, like, what's a you did it moment in your life? But at the end of the day, I'm it, just was like, the book. it was the book. Oh, that was a lot. Yeah, that I was, was a lot. like, it's probably after you introed it the way you did. I'm like, it probably is the book. Yes, that's my whole life. <laughs> this course drops. Um, yeah. 
today. You said you have a course dropping and people can get that course online. Yeah. On your website yeah. through Instagram. They can find it there too. Definitely. Um, Creeper guys, give her a follow and start nurturing your beautiful little babies and nurture yourself. Yes. The takeaway of the day. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, mind blown. And now I have to continue reading the book and attempt to finish it. But heck, I'm so grateful that she was able to join us this week. And I hope that you listening out there also found some tidbits and hacks and information that might help you along the parenting journey. Give her a follow on Instagram at nurture underscore neuroscience underscore parenting. Get a copy of her book. Gift a copy of her book. And, you know, just check it out. It might not be for you, but it could help inform you. Oh, yes. And if you are enjoying this podcast, it would be so appreciated if you could rate it, review it, share it and download it and share it with your community. So we could have something to look forward to every Tuesday. Thank you so much. Enjoy your week and I will catch you next Tuesday. You did it. Ha, 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 ha.